Today, Luke gives us a short, intimate story about Tabitha. It's sandwiched in between two history-changing events, Saul's conversion and Peter's vision. But this is no small story. It tells of an in-between space, a touching, comforting space of human encounter where companions come alive. The woman in this story is introduced to us by both her Hebrew name, Tabitha, and her Greek name, Dorcas. She is recognized in a community of both Jews and Gentiles. Luke tells us she is a disciple. And we must remember here how Luke describes a disciple in his gospel. He has Jesus saying, anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. Our description of a disciple might include someone who lives into their baptismal vows. Tabitha is a disciple. It is appropriate that Tabitha's story as a disciple falls in our lectionary on Mother's Day. I can imagine Tabitha as not only a mother herself, but certainly as a mother figure in her community. According to the story, Tabitha never tired of doing good and giving to those in need. At her death, she is surrounded by grieving widows who care for her, widows who show their respect for her talent as a seamstress, doing what she does best and doing it to the glory of God. Widows who mirror her compassion, an example of how things we do when we follow Jesus in our daily lives matter. The ripple effects are clear. Tabitha was a companion to these widows. Perhaps she was a widow herself, giving her insight on how to accompany them through their questions, struggles, joys, through their life's journey. Tabitha dies, and the community sends an urgent request to Peter to come without delay. What they are expecting of Peter, the story doesn't say. But Peter kneels and prays and then shows her to be alive. Alive. Tabitha does not speak a single word in this story. But picture this. After praying, Peter gave her his hand and lifted her up and called God's people, her community, to return to her gentle, quiet, non-anxious presence. Have you ever met Tabitha? I have. I have seen her practicing her faith, giving expression to God's compassion everywhere. I have heard her beating heart in our everyday lives. I have experienced Tabitha in my visits with Dixie, a homebound woman that I took Holy Communion to. Just sitting with Dixie in her welcoming space, surrounded by her artwork, always blessed with a sense of joy 
and peace. Dixie's gentle, non-anxious spirit just naturally flowed into others. Sometimes one of her daughters would be there, and we would talk and laugh about Dixie's life story and her influence on her family. We talked about how she had lovingly cared for her family and quietly served in her community. Now, I could see how her family was lovingly caring for her. I can easily imagine Tabitha and Dixie as spiritual sisters. But another reason that Dixie came to mind as I reflected on today's scripture readings is this. At the close of our visit, I would ask Dixie how and for what she would like me to pray. She always, always asked for the 23rd Psalm. Grounded in her faith, Dixie prayed Psalm 23 by memory as I read it from our Book of Common Prayer. I wonder about Peter's prayer as he knelt beside Tabitha. Might he have prayed in the familiar words our Father has taught us? Might he have prayed a version of our familiar 23rd Psalm, calling upon the Lord as shepherd to take the initiative to revive the life of Tabitha and her community, trusting with great confidence the shepherd to guide their hearts and minds and actions to be one with God's love. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a little book entitled Psalms, the Prayer Book of the Bible. In it, Bonhoeffer reminds us that the disciples spoke to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. In making that request, Bonhoeffer says they confessed that they were not able to pray on their own, that they had to learn to pray. If we want to pray with confidence and gladness, Bonhoeffer says, then the words of Holy Scripture will have to be the solid basis of our prayer. The Word of God, he says, teaches us to pray and become the steps on which we find our way to God. In her book, Getting Involved with God, Ellen Davis says, Start noticing, and you will see that the Psalms are everywhere. They're in the New Testament, quoted even more frequently than the prophets. They are on the lips of Jesus. They come forth in unexpected moments out of our own lips. Praying these Psalms, Davis says, we are consciously taking our place among generations of faithful Jews and Christians. The Psalms, says Davis, can structure our whole way of talking to God, whether we know it or not. Knowing Dixie, I can see how Psalm 23 structured her relationship with her shepherd and with her family and her community. Psalm 23 is a prayer of trust and confidence and praise with a focus on our Lord as the source of help, hope, and hospitality. At the same time, 
Psalm 23 is a prayer fully aware of the unrelenting difficulty of human life. It is a prayer with a sense of past, present, and future, a sense based on real human experiences and our relationship with God. Psalm 23 is also appropriate for Mother's Day. I submit that Psalm 23, like Luke's in-between intimate and comforting space with Tabitha, like my visits with Dixie, is also an intimate, soft landing space for our own hard realities. Psalm 23 can ground and expand our dialogue with God and exploring different translations of this familiar prayer can open new connections for us. In honor of Tabitha and Dixie and all mothers, I give you an example of that grounded and expanded dialogue. I offer you Bobby McFerrin's version of the 23rd Psalm, which he dedicated to his own mother. I hope hearing it now will entice you to go home and listen to McFerrin's own voice, praying it in song. May it bless you and yours. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. She makes me lie down in green meadows beside the still waters she will lead. She restores my soul. She rights my wrongs. She leads me in a path of good things and fills my heart with songs. Even though I walk through a dark and dreary land, there is nothing that can shake me. She has said she won't forsake me. I'm in her hand. She sets a table before me in the presence of my foes. She anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely, surely goodness and kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will live in her house forever, forever and ever. Glory be to our mother and daughter, and to the holy of holies, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.